Kia ora, I'm Philippa Tolley. Welcome to RNZ's Insight Programme. This time, we head inside prison to find out more about rehabilitation plans. As of this year, all of New Zealand's prisons are now working prisons, which means from now on all prisoners are taking part in some form of work, education or rehabilitation programme while they're behind bars. But while a vast array of work school programmes are on offer to inmates, reoffending rates remain stubbornly high. So is the focus on work actually working? And just a note, some names have been changed to protect identities. It costs just over $300 a day to keep someone in prison. And currently New Zealand's prisons are chock-a-block, with a record 9,900 behind bars. That's forecast to rise to 10,000 by next year. Corrections has set an ambitious goal to reduce reoffending by 25% by 2017. So far, it's nowhere near that. For many of the prisoners Insight spoke to, being released and never coming back is the only option they're considering. They're determined reoffending won't be in their future. Oh, nothing's easy, but you know, I, I'm, I'm focused. The whole time I've spent here every day, I've, I'm, I'm thinking about the outside and how I'm going to better myself, and I definitely don't want to come back here ever again. No way. But for others, being brought up surrounded by crime or in a gang, going straight after release won't be so easy. My family issues, drugs, gangs, violence, yeah, heaps, heaps of things. So corrupted, stealing cars and shit, <laughs> stupid things. Yeah, no, yeah, I had a, I got heaps of convictions. Yeah. And how many times have you been in prison? Four times. Four times. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to go again? I didn't plan to, but if it does, then that's what it is. And what if you leave prison and you're completely on your own? Because the bad people you shouldn't associate with on the outside are actually your own family. I came back to prison as a visitor and I asked them if they could um, take me back to jail because everything was so hard out there for me. I'm Teresa Cowie, and for this insight, I head inside New Zealand's maximum security prison at Paremoremo and the Auckland Region Women's Corrections Facility to find out how Corrections is trying to rehabilitate and reintegrate inmates using work so they leave prison and don't return. All 16 public prisons in New Zealand will be fully working prisons by 2017 so that our prisoners have the opportunity then to gain those life skills. Uh, They will have to work a structured 40-hour week, just like every other working New Zealander. During the last election, the National Party pledged it would make all prisons working prisons by 2017. The goal's already been achieved, but what does being a working prison actually mean? The Director of Offender Employment and Rehabilitation for the Department of Corrections, Stephen Cunningham, explains. What it means is that um, there are four pillars, I suppose, that comprise of a working prison, and that's industry, treatment, learning and constructive activities. 
uh, industry is around gaining skills and employment experience. Uh, treatment is obviously treating the um, uh, criminal behaviour. Um, learning, obviously learning to read and write is a key focus for us in literacy and numeracy. And constructive activities can be more around those more wellness type activities. Are, are things like drug and alcohol rehab part of that or are they separate? Uh, oh, no, they're part of that. That's the treatment element. So there's drug and alcohol, there's, there's uh, anger management, uh, there's a range of uh, programs designed to support people and address their criminal activity. And for inmates, being at a working prison means getting used to a 40-hour week. Uh, alarm goes off at 4.30, get ready and then walk down. I think I was here about quarter past five this morning down at the kitchen. Yep. For some, this sort of routine is something they've never had in their lives. Or if they did have it, they've lost the discipline while in prison where the institution decides what you're doing and when you're doing it. 60% of prisoners are unemployed before going to jail and correction says having work skills and a job can reduce a person's chances of re-offending by up to 20%. There are three main ways that New Zealand prisoners can get the work skills that might be useful to them on the outside. Depending on a prisoner's level of security, their behaviour and progress with their rehabilitation, they might work inside the prison, be given a temporary release to work in businesses outside the wire, and there's also somewhere in between, where they're technically inside the prison, but are working or dealing with the public under close security. Just in the car park now, visitor's car park for the Auckland Region Women's Corrections Facility. I'm about to go inside, perched on the, the boot of the car here. And I'm just looking through my bags because Corrections has given me this list of things that I can and can't take inside. I'm a bit worried I'm going to end up taking in something that I shouldn't. So, well, drugs and weapons, no, pretty safe there. But I have got two cell phones. So they're going to have to come out. No money. Yep. And no chewing gum. And no blue tack. Now, I'm told actually that the chewing gum and blue tack, which is bit, bit, seems a bit strange, but the prisoners might actually use that to, to stuff up a keyhole so that keys can't be put into it. So make sure that none of that. All right. So we're all set. Good morning. Welcome to ARWCF. My name is Officer Madoto, and I'll be conducting a routine uh, searches of all patients that entering the institution. So may I ask you to place all metallic stuff okay. on the tray? Despite the high level of security I had to go through to get here, once inside I'm struck by the openness of the outdoor areas and the well-kept grounds, and as I pass around the various learning areas, it seems more like a polytech than a prison. Inside here, prisoners can learn anything from training service dogs for the disabled. Angus can do a variety of things from opening cupboard doors and opening drawers, opening doors, pushing pedestrian buttons. To working in the prison's kitchens, where while feeding hundreds of inmates and staff, they can gain qualifications in catering. We're making some PD rolls for PD tomorrow, community work. Yeah, one side's meat, one side's vegetable, then they get packed into bags. And a short walk from the kitchens is a warehouse where other prisoners are working too. Michelle has been in prison for seven years. 
She works at a distribution warehouse inside the prison, which picks and packs personal items for prisoners, packages them up and sends them off to the various corrections facilities. So we come through here, and this is our processing area. Yep. So once we've picked all our orders, we bring it over here. It's then checked to mm -hmm. make sure that it's all in the bins. And then it comes on our processing line. Mm -hmm. So once you've shipped it, it will come over here, and then we'll scan it. Do you want to go have a look? Yep. So it's actually really similar to a supermarket. Yep. So, um, so this is where our processing line comes. This is, um, today we're training. So yep. we're training our girls to pack. Michelle says prison has given her opportunities she's never had before. This is my passion. I found a new passion when I came to prison. What do you love about it? Everything, everything. I, I love the people. I love, I love processing orders. I like picking and packing. I like data entry, everything. I enjoy everything about distribution, warehousing. I've got my four coins licence. I've had that for mm, seven, eight years. Have you? Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So you're going to be pretty employable then, I would think. Yeah, that's yeah. my goal. And you've got your driver's licence as well? Yep. 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 Got my driver's licence, so we'll see what happens after that. And how important do you think um, learning work skills is? Oh, totally think? important, because if you don't have those um, qualifications, when you do get out, nobody's going to offer you a job with no qualifications. And what sort of um, skills or um, experience did you have before you came to prison? None at all. Had you worked? Never, never in my life. Always been on the benefit, always been a solo parent. Um, then it took me to come to prison and to um, give me a second chance. Yeah, and I'm good at what I do. She was recently released from prison, but despite her motivation to go straight and all the work skills she gained inside prison, she reoffended and was back inside five months later. I reoffended. Um, mm. Why and did I, you do that? What happened? Because of everything going on, all the struggles in my life, I couldn't handle it. And so I came back to jail. I reoffended and came back to jail. Despite having a job, when she got out, she couldn't handle the lonely life of living in her car with no family or friends for support. I came back to prison as a visitor and I asked them if they could um, take me back to jail because everything was so hard out there for me. <laughs> I said, please take me back, please take me back. Why did you want to come back? Most because people are desperate to get out. Because I ended up homeless. I ended up homeless and um, no family, all alone. And so I said, please take me back, I'll pay rent. <laughs> Michelle says she eventually did find support and a home via the Manukau Māori Urban Authority. But by then it was too late. Her reoffending caught up with her and she was back inside. She says next time she'll ask to be released away from her family and will head straight to the authority for the support she needs. And that need for backup on the outside is supported by Tracy McIntosh, a sociologist at the University of Auckland. Dr McIntosh, who is the university's co-director of the Centre of Research Excellence, Ngāpai o Te Maramatanga, has also been a volunteer at the women's prison for the past nine years. Part of her work there includes teaching creative writing. She says without proper family support, reintegration becomes incredibly difficult. What comes with having a conviction, what comes with having spent time in prison, those are huge barriers uh, in terms of that reintegration. Now, I have seen people with portfolios actually full of certificates 
that have really struggled once they've got on the outside. Dr McIntosh says work programs are good, but they can't undo the lifetime of problems and dysfunction that so many prisoners face again when they step outside the prison gate. If you look at the characteristics of people coming into, into prison, they are concerningly homogenous in terms of living under conditions of scarcity and deprivation earlier in their lives, in terms of that educational disruption, the fact that they have very high victimisation rates. So, you know, the, the notion that our victims and offenders come from two discrete groups is, you know, the evidence just does not play that out. So there's a whole range of challenges, both structural and personal. But I do think that... The ability to um, get employment is, is a huge one, and again, the evidence does suggest that that is one of the uh, that, that's one of the most important factors in terms of reintegration. But it's certainly not the only one. Um, if you if you go back and the conditions from which you have come have remained relatively the same, it, it may be increasingly difficult. North of Auckland at the country's maximum security prison, Parimurimu, I meet Michael, who's been inside for two and a half years. He thinks he's one of the lucky ones because he's got a lot of good family support on the outside. When I visited on a rainy afternoon, he's making espressos and running orders through the till at the Pari Cafe, a porter cabin kitchen set up just inside the wire. Next to the cafe, on the other side of a chain-link fence, a new maximum security prison is being built, and tradies from the site come in to grab a coffee and have a chat with the prisoners as they prep their orders. Michael says all of his offending has happened while under the influence of methamphetamine, a substance he first tried at the age of 13. Uh, first time I didn't know what it was, I just got given it, and got given a hammer and told to go rob people. Did you get caught? Yep, I got caught, yep. I got caught robbing the liquor store and um, went to juvie, boys' homes. Boys' homes, so were there other other offences as well? Yeah, a lot of offences, just, yeah, shoplifting, theft, stealing cars. How many times have you been in prison? Oh, this is my first time in prison. Yeah, first time in prison. Um, but I've got 81 convictions and I'm only 24 years old, which the board described that as disgusting. Yeah. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's disgusting as well. Yeah. But what, what, what's on paper and what can record isn't, isn't me. It's yeah, just what I use. Who are you? Just um, play rugby, work, good with my family. But yeah, just goes out the door when I use. Do you think you'll ever use again? No, no way. No way. Uh, I'm past that stage in my life. I just want to get out and work and have a career. What do you think's made you decide that that's not going to happen again? Um, probably my family, seeing them coming in every single week and just seeing the bravery on their faces when they're visiting me. And he has big plans to use the skills he's getting in prison when he's released. I want to start my own coffee um, truck business. I've already um, set up a business model with me and my father and it's all yeah, ready to go when I get out. Yeah. And we're going to be importing the coffee, selling it, and also have a um, coffee truck just going around the local areas. Is running your own business, yeah. is that in part a way to make it a bit easier? You won't have to declare convictions to an employer? Yeah, I think it would be easier. And also, in the past, I've had um, quite a bit of struggle with um, you know, authority and being told what to do. Um, I'm, I'm just sick of always working with someone 
I feel like I can't express my own ideas and creativity, so... What do you like about making coffee? I don't know what it is, it's just a buzz I get. Just, you know, when, I, when I'm cooking the milk and pouring it, I, I just want to pour every cup of um, perfection and I just get a real buzz off it. Yeah. That's when I knew I, that's what I want to do. But he says one event outside his control is getting in the way of his reintegration process. When the prisoner Philip John Smith absconded while on temporary release and went on the run to South America two years ago, all release to work was stopped. Prior to Smith fleeing, 806 inmates were able to leave prison for the day to go to work. Now just 466 can. Michael says it's holding him and other prisoners back from meeting parole conditions and being ready for release. There's no reintegration whatsoever. We thought this is reintegration, but we went to the parole board and they said that this is not. So it's, it's pretty hard for us to, you know, to stay in here and then get released straight into the public without having that experience. You know, it's just slowly letting us out. So yeah. How do people feel about that here? It's, it's disturbing because all of us are getting stood down from the parole board, you know, 15 months, 18 months to do reintegration, but we can't do reintegration. So we're, we're just sitting in the units, just doing time, really. You know, these are people who have done all their courses and they're just being told to do reintegration where there is none. So it's pretty frustrating. So it's being suggested as the next course of action for these people, but they're not able to take that next step? No, they're not, no. They've been, the parole board's telling them we can't let you out until you do this, but then they come back here and we, there's, no, there's nothing for us here. This is the closest step to reintegration and it's not considered a positive you know, rehabilitation cause. The parole board says this isn't the case and it sees work programmes like this one behind the wire as having the same value as release to work, where prisoners go into the community. The board says it would be highly unusual to say that it didn't value work from behind the wire. It says it might tell a prisoner that they're not tested in the community, but it would be a long-term prisoner that's more likely to need to prove this. But today, no one based at Parimorumo, where Michael is serving his sentence, is allowed to do release to work. Michael says inmates are also missing out on the chance to get together a nest egg that would help get them started once they're released. Working inside prison, Michael gets paid 60 cents per hour. If he worked outside, he'd be paid minimum wage. And after paying a third of it back to the prison and board, he could save money to help get his life back on track. Most prisoners are released with only one set of clothes and a $350 grant from work and income. I asked Michael what he'd be leaving with. Nothing at all, no, nothing at all. Before they were doing, when they were doing work to release, people were leaving the jail with 10, 12 grand and set them up, but that's all stopped now. Michael has 12 months left to serve on his sentence, but he's hopeful he'll be released on parole next March. The Labour Party's corrections spokesperson, Calvin Davis, says reintegration is important and shouldn't be done away from the community. One person... Uh, managed to buck the system and so everybody else suffers. And I think that the uh, work to release was really effective. Uh, it was helping people to reintegrate. It was helping them to get the skills and to, um, the attitudes to participate as effective employees. So they actually need to speed up the return of those prisoners uh, into those work to release. I, I've only heard good things from employers about the people that were working for them. And um, many of the employers actually left um, 
vacancies for people when they came out. So that's you know that's a really positive thing. They shouldn't just be so risk adverse that one person's actions actually spoil it for everyone else. And I know it breeds frustration for those people who are back in the prison. They look forward to getting out. Um, and now they're just basically languishing, many of them bored out of their trees, uh, sitting in cells. You know, and that's just not going to help anybody to uh, rehabilitate or reintegrate into the community. Corrections figures show that in the past five years, only one person has escaped during a temporary release from prison. Stephen Cunningham says he'd like it if there were plans to get more people back in the Release to Work programme. There's no question the numbers did drop after that incident. Um, and that's where we did uh, rethink how we assessed people's eligibility. So it is a bit more of a considered, thought-through process as a result of that, and numbers have dropped since then. Um, but we are slowly building up the throughput of that programme because it is such a valuable programme, um, both from an employer's perspective, but also reducing people's recidivism uh, and also access to a job on release. The Corrections Minister, Judith Collins, says it's up to prisoners to progress in their rehabilitation and to behave well enough so they're eligible for release to work. Well, they can blame Philip John Smith or whatever name he wants to go to by these days. Um, the fact is you get these situations, release to work is a privilege. It was abused in a spectacular way. We have to be very aware of the fact that the public safety comes first on everything and people are not in prison because they didn't pay a parking fine. Um, I'd like to see more people out on release to work, but only if it can be done safely, and um, and particularly safety around not only prisoners themselves, but safety around the public. Over time, these, these may well be relaxed, and there are times when they get strengthened up and relaxed at various stages, and it often depends on what's happened or what's been happening in the community. Corrections figures from the past year show release-to-work participants are 4% less likely to be re-imprisoned and 3.7% less likely to be reconvicted. But despite many prisoners taking part in work-focused rehabilitation programmes, it appears to be doing very little to reduce re-offending rates. Corrections is failing to reach its ambitious goal of reducing re-offending by 25% by 2017. Back in June 2014, it looked like Corrections was on the right track. Then it had reduced reoffending by 12%. But the latest figures from June this year show reoffending is at its worst since the goal was set, with a drop of only 5.6% in the reoffending rate. I asked Ms Collins why Corrections was failing so miserably to meet its target. I take issue with that because what we are seeing are 25% fewer offenders coming back into the system. That's actually a huge improvement. So that means that there's fewer offenders coming back in, but those that are are still offending at unacceptable rates and levels. So that um, you know 6%, that's, that's actually um, pretty good internationally. And I see just recently New South Wales, which is a in a relatively comparable jurisdiction, they have um, given themselves a re-offending target of 5%. So we've already exceeded that. I think that the target that was set back um, some years ago, about five years ago, that that was, it should really have been on re-offenders rather than the re-offending. But, you know, that's the way it is. That was the target set, and I've said that publicly. I'm happy to stand by those statements. 
but um, 25% fewer coming back in actually isn't bad either. Yeah, but it's not the goal that was set. Yeah, well, we never had goals before, have we, in this area? It's the first time we've ever had goals. Um, And when you look at New South Wales, for instance, really trying hard to get to 5% re-offending down, and we've already exceeded that, it just shows you how hard that is. Both Corrections' Stephen Cunningham and the Minister say the measures set to assess re-offending rates were wrong and need to be changed. But Labor's Corrections spokesperson, Calvin Davis, doesn't buy that. I'm all for setting targets, and if you don't meet the target, at least show that you're making good, steady progress towards it. But what the government's done is they've said, oh, we're not going to meet this target, and uh, we sort of set the wrong target, we're measuring the wrong thing. So in effect, they're just going to change what they're measuring until they find a, a target that they actually do reach. And that, to me, is, is wrong. They need to actually look at what they're delivering and what their practice is. I mean, as a former school teacher, if I had kids that weren't uh, doing well in tests and performing well educationally, we had to look at ourselves as the practitioners, check our pedagogy, check our programs, make sure that they were actually meeting the needs of the people we were teaching. And in the prisons, it's pretty much the same thing. In the past year, $176 million was spent on prison rehabilitation and reintegration. Tracy McIntosh from the University of Auckland is critical of the lack of independent research being done to see if the individual work and education programmes on offer are actually translating into successful lives on the outside. I think it is important to have more independent research done on them. I think it's important around the quality of those programmes and the effectiveness of them. I don't think we've really seen enough in terms of the evaluation around those programmes. And the independent element, I think, is important for us to reflect on it. Some would be, maybe, it would be around some sort of life course approaches where you're actually able to follow people through so that we can, you know, one of the important things about research is not just to to recognise where the gaps are or where they're failing, but it's so that we can create culturally informed, adaptive, evidence-based solutions to those, those issues. You know, it's not just an issue around what sort of uh, resources being put in, because some of the resources are quite extensive, but it's around how effective are they, how engaged are they, how do they really work on the outside. Stephen Cunningham from Corrections says each programme is evaluated by the department. We have a very strong research uh, function here at Corrections. Uh, most of our rehabilitative programmes are evaluated each year. Um, and they have a reducing reoffending quotient, um, typically around the five to seven percent. Although we do have a special treatment unit um, that reduces reoffending by seventeen percent, so our evaluation of our programmes is quite robust, and obviously we back those ones that produce, you know, the highest figures basically. The selection of prisoners I spoke to for this programme seemed motivated and energised, and many were getting work and education opportunities they'd never had before. But often that doesn't seem to translate once they're released and faced with returning to the broken families and communities many come from. So does corrections have an impossible job when it comes to stopping reoffending? Stephen Cunningham is still optimistic. No, absolutely not. There are uh, plenty of cases where prisoners are leaving our system better skilled, um, with um, more motivation and their behaviours addressed to reintegrate successfully back into the community. And we will always support that successful transition. Um, The main uh, factors of um, 
uh, supporting people's transition back into the community, uh, largely somewhere to stay, some accommodation, uh, a job, and generally some mentoring support to help them make the right choices in that initial phase. And we're doing a lot more in that space, and we believe it's working well. But Tracy McIntosh says prisons are not the place to fix broken lives. I think the idea that prisons will be the, the central element that will shift people is a naive concept. Programs in themselves should be of high quality, they should be able to engage people, but it's not just about programs. Corrections insists it can deliver on its promise to significantly reduce reoffending, but says it will take a lot longer than its target time of next year. I'm Teresa Cowie, and that's Insight for this week. If you'd like to get in touch or share your thoughts on this programme, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at insight at rnz.co.nz or our Twitter handle is InsightRNZ. Teresa Cowie wrote and presented that Insight. It was produced by me, Philippa Tolley, with technical production by Phil Benj. If you'd like to explore other insights, have a look around our webpage at rnz.co.nz or subscribe to Insight on iTunes. Thanks for listening.